I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney, for NPR Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host, Craig, joined today by my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. And Ms. Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. All right, everybody. We have such a fun and exciting guest here today to get into an interview. And really, I want to kind of pass a little bit of this off to Brett, because this is an interview he was able to get while he was at the Festival of the Arts uh, in Epcot back in January. So, Brett, tell us who we're talking to today. We are talking to Dave Avanzino, who is a uh, Disney artist. He is a sculpture, kind of um, multimedia sculpture is his... Uh, uh, metier, if I may use that French word. Well, anyway, oh, it's his, it's his, it's yes, it's, 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 it's what he likes to do. And he's so good at it, but I'm a big fan. So I was thrilled to see him, to make some art purchases and to invite him on the podcast. And I'm so excited that he's here. He's going to be here today, very shortly. Absolutely. And we get to tell him bonjour because that's the extent of my French. So I wanted to make sure that I, I got that uh, out of the way. But no, this will be really fun because I love being able to talk to fine art, fine artists. Um, I had the experience when we covered St. Louis Comic-Con for the network a long time ago, a gentleman named Clinton T. Hobart, who is a Disney fine artist as well. Um, and it's just cool to be able to see this because it is such a small community of people. Obviously, the license that Disney has is one of the most uh, exclusive and uh, profitable licenses in the world. You don't want just anybody out there making your artwork. So it certainly speaks to his talent and to his creativity that Disney has allowed him to do this. Vanessa, your thoughts on the interview we have coming up? I'm really excited because uh, Brett was very nice to bring me back and I Dave Avanzino piece. So I have, it's kind of weird because I, I feel like I have him on my wall. So now it's like I'm going to get to really connect the person, the personality um, with the art piece that I look at every day. So I'm really excited to do that. And of course, we talk to a lot of creative people on here and it's always a blast. Um, There's such wonderful people interview. So I am really looking forward to this one. You have them on your wall. Now you're going to have them on your computer screen. So with that, we will go right to our interview with Dave Amanzino. Welcome to Beyond the Mouse, a Community Voices podcast for NPR Illinois. Dave Amanzino, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. How are things out on the uh, West Coast? Uh, today it's quite lovely. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know, seventy-five, sunny. I'm in shorts. You know, it's it's, it's hard. You can't complain about it. All no right, one, before well, we get too people jealous are still about digging that. themselves out uh, <laughs> around yeah. the country. Before we get too jealous about that, we better jump into the actual questions. Brett, yeah. <laughs> you have our first. <laughs> I first saw your work um, around the time of Disneyland's 50th anniversary. Um, how did you become involved in celebrating their big anniversary? Uh, well, by that time, I'd been doing work for the parks for several years, and it kind of started very small and, and was the result of a, a fortuitous meeting with the picture framer that does all the work for the parks and I just got to know them and they would just introduce me to different people when I was in there and so I've been doing little gift pieces for people and you know minor minor contributions and then 
one day I got uh, asked to consult on a project for one of the ticketed events that they used to do where I would say people paid money to go and buy stuff like in the parks. <laughs> and they were awesome. They were like after hours and uh, really great. So it was a Mr. Toad event. And all I did was kind of help design a mat for this one print. And I wound up painting an original painting that got shrunk down and put in this mat. And they wound up selling the painting. So I got to go and kind of, you know, become aware of this world that was out there that I didn't, I'd been going to the park for years, but had no idea that it was this whole other level of collector and stuff like that. So at that event, I met the the buyer's um, superior and he gave me a meeting and then they started talking about the next event, which was Cinderella's Ball. It was one of the big anniversaries wow. for that. And so for that event was the first time I did one of my kind of handmade limited editions and then I started doing all those events. So maybe two or three a year, I'd make 10 or, you know, just some, not, not anything really large, no prints or anything, just kind of uh, a handmade limited edition. And then buyers changed. And so within a few years, I had a new a buyer who at some point said, well, why don't you make things we sell every day in the park? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very, very open to that. And so then she just started to kind of like, asked me what I want to do. And it would kind of be based on anniversaries of films or attractions. And, you know, they might give me a purchase order and I'd make 10 of something and they'd sell in the Disneyana shop or the gallery. So then when the 50th came around, I was sort of already, you know, kind of a parks artist. And so I was somebody they came to and they said, what would you like to do? Now I kind of kicked myself because I think it was like 2001. It was one of the last, it was the last Disneyana convention they ever had at Disneyland. And that was where I came up with kind of the letter plaque idea, like where I did the word Disneyland uh, with little attraction icons. And so I had handmade a set of all five original lands and Disneyland and they all sold out. So I kind of was like, oh, darn, <laughs> that was like, that would have been a great set for the 50th. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time coming up with anything better than that. But that was about the time we started figuring out how to maybe we could mass produce something that I did. And we've done a couple. We've done one option that really did not work well. And so I said, well, let's try it one more time. And um, whereas the first one, they kind of just molded the whole thing in one big plaque. I said, well, what if we try it where they make every letter separately and then glue them on the background? And then it, it looked more like my stuff. So those came out for the 50th for the first time. And that was great because it was you know, prior, prior to then, what I heard a lot was, oh, I love your stuff, but I can't afford it, you know, because it was seven, eight, nine hundred dollars. It, it is, it, I understand. So all of a sudden, there was something that was $75. And that, that kind of just opened the door to like a whole other level of collector. And then that also kind of opened the door to coming up with other things to mass produce. I started doing like attractions like Haunted Mansion and Pirates and Tiki Room and did several of those over the years. Um, so and so then I took that theme and came up with a custom version that we launched at one of the one one of the D twenty threes. They're all kind of a blur. Uh, it was the might have been the third one, the second or third one. And so now I've been doing those for a dozen ten years or something. And then that, but that's kind of what got me into the parks, kind of doing events like just my own event, you know, where I come in and I sell that. And then that that sort of led to me creating a whole product line that I bring with me, which I didn't have before, other than some limited editions, I started making, you know, matted prints, and now I'm doing canvases and limited edition canvases. And so it's kind of morphed over the years, uh, 
to where now I'm I'm a consignment artist, so they don't. Other than that one Disneyland plaque, they don't sell my stuff in the parks anymore. Uh, but I kind of bring in a show, and then I go, and then I take my show out. <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, we all enjoy it's been it. An yes. interesting, an interesting run. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. And I get to kind of start to ask the the origin story questions. So I'm, yeah. I'm always interested because. Uh, I actually came to the love of the parks a little bit later than most. I I uh, started going to the parks much more when I was an adult. But I'm wondering for you, can you talk about how you fell in love with Disney and maybe even more specifically your love of the parks? And um, was that something that happened at a young age? Was it, was it always there for you or did it happen a little bit later on? Uh, probably a little of both. Like I grew up in California, but in Northern California. And we had family in Southern California. So we came down usually once a year for Thanksgiving. Sometimes we'd come in the summer and uh, stay at my cousin's house while they were somewhere nicer. Uh, <laughs> but they had, a, they had this fantastic home in LA, you know, so that was like our vacation was staying in their house. Um, and so a lot of those times we would come down and go to Disneyland. But I, so I have a few pictures of me as a kid, like, uh, I think on the teacups and, you know, so I'm not sure how many times we came. Um, I would say several, it wasn't like a yearly thing. So, you know, just as a kid, you just, you loved it. Um, I don't remember being like, you know, hitting my parents up, like we got to go back, (laughs) but we definitely went, I remember coming, you know, I mean, then I remember coming a little older uh, and, you know, had our, had my grad night. Um, But then I moved down to Southern California and, and then I had kind of learned about, the whole annual pass thing, which I guess had started because I was down here in the early eighties. So at some point when those started, I got, I started getting those and, you know, going more regularly, (laughs) uh, learning how to uh, park in the employee parking lot and, you know, just all the the shortcuts that you used to be able to do uh, to get in faster. Um, So the, and then, you know, had those for years, got married. And then once I got married, had a kid, uh, and well, my wife and I, before we had kids, like we both had passes. So we went a lot. So really it, that part of it, like probably more as an adult that I really came to like, really love it and just appreciate like how incredible it was. And just, I mean, just the idea that they came up with at that time in history, like that was so groundbreaking and so imaginative and you know, I love just reading all the stories about, you know, how they developed this stuff that didn't exist, you know, and one of my favorite parts and one of the things I, I really admire about Walt Disney was I, I always feel like he, he knew what people could do that they didn't know themselves, you know, and I, like he would tap animators and say, you're going to bake this dark ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'd say like, I don't do that. And he's like, no, nah, you can do it, do it. <laughs> and they did it. And they came up with some of like, like the most top of the line things to this day that hold right. up, you know? So I just, I love those kind of stories that it was like, you know, just with all the people saying, you can't do that. And that's going to be terrible. And, you know, he just like, Nope, it's going to be great. And he just believed in it and, you know, got the right people and was a great cheerleader to them. And so I, like, I, I, I say like small world's a great example. Like as a, you know, as a kid or as an adult, you're like, ah, eh, small world. Once I had a child, and started writing that with my child. I'm like, this is pretty amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, song and everything gets a little old, but it's like, this is, this is stunning. And the fact that they came up with that, like nine months, <laughs> you know, originally was, you know, kind of, kind yeah. of blows your mind. 
So I, I said, as an artist, as I do set design, I've, all these other weird things I've done, it's like, like Disneyland and, and just the concept that it's a show, that there's on stage, there's backstage, you know, that the, just the creativity and the, the thought that went into all the different elements of it, not just, oh, here's a great attraction, but it's like the cast members and the, 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 that the guest experience mattered and stuff. So I said, my, I, my love and appreciation for it, I think comes more just as a grown adult, mm-hmm. being able to look at it a little bit more than, oh, what ride do you want to go on? <laughs> like, let's go on the, let's go on the fastest ride. You know, that you, as a kid, you're just like, boom, boom, boom. How can we get on all these things? Now I'm like, wow, that, that landscaping is really great. <laughs> or look at yeah. that, look when they did that sign, you know. Just all the little minute oh, details, yeah. right? That, of course, uh, someone, an artist like you would appreciate. And, and, you know, I always come back to Existencio writing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, having yeah. never written lyrics before. And now this is one of, one of like the most recognizable songs. Oh, yeah. Um, Iconic. Ever. I mean, you know, yeah. like people know that yo-ho, yo-ho, uh, yeah. Pirate's Life for me. And, and so it's just incredible um, the amount of artistry that comes out of that park. But Vanessa, you have a question um, more specific to his art. I do. Yes. Well, we, I, I figure we should probably go back just a little bit and learn more about you and, and how you became an artist. And so we were wondering, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? And uh, okay, this is, this is the joke that was written. Are you get ready for this? I'd say you were drawn to art, but it's still a little <laughs> early for us to make such an obvious pun. So, thank you. Thank well, you for suffering along with yeah. me. <laughs> the funny part of that is, so funny. Is, is that I regularly tell people that I don't draw very well. And they always kind of like go, I don't, that doesn't make sense. But, what do you do? but it, I mean, I try to draw better than most people, but I'm like, that's not my medium. Like I don't take mm-hmm. a pencil and draw stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a fabricator. And so as a kid, like both my brother and I are artists. He's actually uh, an animation director, um, uh, worked on Futurama and all sorts of stuff. So cool. I, my recollection of him is him drawing like, uh, uh, comic books you know like spider-man like figurative <laughs> that was never me i would go into a store and see some little knickknack and i would come home and replicate it so i was wow. more of a fabricator so when i draw i'm like really loosely sketching something that i'm going to make out of something else so uh but it but it does kind of throw people where they're like but you know look at what you make how do you say you don't draw it's like eh, it's just like i couldn't i mean i've been doing this for 20 years i can do a respectable mickey head and that's about it because i don't practice drawing the characters which had i been practicing that for 20 years i'd be great my biggest fear is some kid coming up at an event saying can you draw me a character (laughs) because i'm like i I really can't Uh, i can whittle you something real yeah yeah i can can write your name really (laughs) yeah um so as a kid i always was creative in that way but more of like fabricating stuff and writing i wrote a lot i wrote i'm really good at like kind of like uh spoofy songs and you know funny funny stories i i was creative in a lot of ways and i did draw i drew snoopy all through like middle school and high school it's all over everybody's yearbooks and (laughs) from that time my junior high paper so I I grew up drawing Snoopy not the Disney characters because they were really on tv when I was a kid like we didn't have cable I mean it was just kind of coming around then so I didn't grow up other than with the movies in the theaters it was not a part of like my childhood the way that it is for kids now where you've got all the shows on tv and stuff so so in high school, actually middle school, 
I got into music and theater, actually theater first and then music. So in high school, I was like in the show choir for uh, my whole high school. And so I actually moved, moved to Southern California to go to Cal State Fullerton because I was a vocal performance major. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're and three performers I, here too. So, yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I said that it was a great lesson, but what it did was it sucked all the fun out of it and it just oh. made me hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized, and I just realized it wasn't for me. Like, you know, I, I, so I kind of like keep this over here where it's fun or, you know, I, I sang a lot at church and performed. I was like, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's not my career. I was, I wasn't that level of a musician to really like go at it full time but it was a great lesson and so I kind of always still kind of did art but it was you know I never took classes because I was always in music so I changed my major uh to art I'd I'd got a a job in a small advertising agency hand lettering real estate flyers uh because this was before computers you know we had to do typesetting if it was a big job but most of it was just these hand lettered real estate flyers and I loved it and so I changed my major art and then wound up going back to university after I took a year at a junior college like hey let's let's pay a little less money and see if I like this yeah Uh, (laughs) and then went back to Cal State Long Beach and just just got a degree in general art I was going to do graphic design but it was it was I found out once I was there oh it's really hard to get in that program you know I'd been in school for three years and it was like even I think after they let you in it was another two and I'm like, I just kind of want out. <laughs> so got to general art, which was great because I took a lot of 3D sculpting. I just was very mixed media mm-hmm. is my appeal much more than uh, 2D or even I said graphic design. It kind of started to wear off on me as a as a something I liked. So, so you know, then I I worked for that ad agency for quite a few years after that. It grew bigger. We finally got computers and did <laughs> did our own typesetting, which was nice. And then I started doing, I had a, most of the stuff goes back to somebody I knew. I had a friend whose mom was uh, an interior designer for model homes in Orange County and at, worked at one of the biggest companies at the time. And she just said, doesn't your friend, <laughs> isn't your friend an artist? And she said, yeah. And she goes, can he paint a mural? And I said, yes, because that's my whole, my whole career is saying yes to things I don't know how to do. And then figuring out how to do it. So I, for about 10 years, I painted murals in model homes all over Southern California. And it was a great living. And it, it taught me how to paint a lot of things. So the challenge was like, sometimes it'd give you a picture of like, it was like a watercolor painting of like the housing tract. And they'd say, put this on the wall. Wow. So, you know, it's a little hard to paint watercolor on the wall. So you'd have to yeah. do something that looked like watercolor, but that wasn't actually watercolor. So it was a great learning experience. It taught me a lot of techniques and stuff. And then got, got into, I'd always done kind of theatrical set design, but I had a friend, another friend who was a filmmaker. It's like, want to be a production designer? It's like, all right. So I was a production <laughs> designer on a few video series and two TV movies and decided I, I liked it. I didn't like it enough to like where I would say it, at, at best, it was the hardest job I ever did. At worst, it was the hardest job I ever did with people yelling at me. And I, <laughs> at that time, I was kind of doing more Disney. And I'm like, I can make Disney stuff that people say really nice things to me about. <laughs> and I don't have to drive an hour and a half to get to the office. So that that won out. Wow. So, yeah. So eventually, I just kind of shifted almost full time to Disney as that, as that increased. It wasn't always 
the point it could be. And then I mean, I always have other jobs on the side and stuff, but that's kind of been the biggest, the biggest source of income for the last several years, which has been nice. It's a nice thing to get to do. So it's been a, it's been a weird path. <laughs> had some unusual good, uh, jobs in there, but you know, I said what what I love about the pieces I make is that they're really this weird combination of all these jobs, from the graphic design to murals to set design. They all kind of come together in these little, almost theatrical pieces. So, yeah. I like yeah, it. Absolutely. Never doubt your path because you know you get to where you are, and it's a good thing. So, yeah, know. yeah. I said I couldn't have picked it. I would not have picked it in a million years or predicted mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, that I would be where I'm at doing what I do. <laughs> you know, as a kid, I was very impatient. Like, you know, when you build models, remember, did you ever build those plastic models? Mm-hmm. I couldn't yes. wait for the glue to dry. And so I kept moving forward and then eventually it all collapsed. And, you know, just <laughs> was like an impatient kid. And so the fact that I spend my day like cutting minute, tiny little things over and over is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Say as an impatient adult, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that it it, it's it's so time consuming. Uh, Brett, you had a question about set design. I don't know if uh, maybe it was answered. Yeah, well, I just I think it was. It was that that was I um I well yeah I followed you on Facebook since um since I I became part of Facebook um (laughs) and I know that and I think I'm like I'm a I'm a top. I don't know. Oh, top fan. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a top fan, which seems a little stalker, stalkerly, well, which I don't is even a little scary. I, I, I'm like, well, you get a badge fan. and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, going, and I, I'm like going, I, I just, you know, I just give a thumbs up and a support. And I'm like going, <laughs> but yeah, but, but I have seen on Facebook, um, you know, some of your, like when you've worked on um, uh, some, some set design pieces, it was a couple of years ago, but yeah, uh, uh, I do some set design here too. So, um, so that's, I'm like, going, Oh, he's just so cool. Look at that stuff. You know? So, but yeah, but you know, so do you do that just from time to time or as, as people ask you or projects? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not anything I, I throw myself out there for. I had done it. I did it a lot. I kind of learned to basically do it at my church. Like we, yeah, and we actually right, got, yeah. did some pretty big productions. It wasn't, I think that's you know, what I saw. And I, I said it was Beauty and the Beast. The challenge. No, that was, that was a, that was a local theater company, but like, oh, local, I mean, okay. this is like 25, 30 years ago, I was doing sets oh, at okay. my church. And then, and it was a great learning ground because you have no backstage, you have no curtain, you know, like you have to be super creative to come up with things that can turn into other things. <laughs> it's like sort of that low budget forces you to be super sure. creative. So it was great. And then having been in theater, I mean, I just, I just always loved scenery. And so I'm just, I'm pretty much all self-taught. I never had a class in it. I mean, just kind of translating the things I know from other things into that. I always know, I, I always say my, I think my strongest art skill is, is problem solving in that I know what I want to make and I'm starting here and what do I have to do to get there? So I always picture the end thing and then I have to kind of, you know, back engineer it. So, Mm -hmm. so I did, um, I did a lot, like a lot, you know, again, friends who ran children's theaters and did their sets. Yeah. And so the last, for the several years ago, I started working with a, it was, it basically was a youth theater, but they, you know, they had adults in their show. They were kind of almost, they were kind of community theater level. Mm -hmm. You know, they had really, really good productions. So, Mm Um, I think the, the first, I just met these people and they were doing um, hairspray and like called me like three weeks before the show because they had contracted with another theater to build the set and they were going to share it. And then like three weeks before their show found out this other place had bailed and hadn't oh, done no. anything. Oh, no. so, yeah. 
So I, they just met me and they're like, could you possibly paint our set? So did that one really fast. And then I think the next year I designed Tarzan and then kind of over, not every year, but then I, I they did like Mary Poppins and Little Mermaid. And oh, so wow. they were great. It was, I said, it was fun. It was fun because it was, there was a good group of people that built yeah. it. Like I didn't have to yeah. build it. <laughs> Like oh, wow. design well, that's it. good yeah yeah that's and good. and hand it off and then show up and paint it so that was that so it was a, it was a that it was a good, good a good way to do it if you have to do it yeah. all it's a little much so yeah um well, yeah cool. like i said yeah. i love that and then i got to be in a couple of them i was professor porter in in tarzan and then the last one i did was little mermaid and i got to do um Chef Louis, which was pretty. Fun. Oh, that's oh, pretty wow, cool. that is fun. Because I went and yeah. watched it. I watched another company's production of it because I'd never seen it as a stage show. I don't know how it worked, mm-hmm. and was just like, "Oh, I got to do that." <laughs> that, one, that <laughs> like, cool. Oh, that is good. That is. Sadly, good. I was so out of shape. It was. It was a little rough. Oh. <laughs> by, the, by the end of the run, I was just kind of a mess. But Lita keeps you young. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's just so much fun to to get to do those. Roles, I love especially. I love theater. I mean, the film stuff's okay. I like theater because your sets are a character. Like in film, as long as it like if it's if it unless it's a set piece or a period piece or a sci-fi piece, if it's just offices and houses, it's just background. And as long as it's believable, nobody notices it. <laughs> You know, which is true. And so which what I love you don't about want theater, them to notice it. So, yeah. Yeah. You're, so. yeah. It's, it's, if you notice it, it's not a good thing. Like, yeah. oh, that looks really fake, you know? Yeah. So theater is more satisfying because you can't help but notice it. <laughs> like, right. it's, and, and it has to be, it is a character in the show. And so it has to work well and look good. And so I, I, I really enjoy theater. I'd love to do more of that, but it's very time consuming. Yes, uh, yes. It, it certainly it certainly can be for sure. Um, so going back more to your uh, the art side of things, you have uh, so much art now available through the Disney Gallery. It, it has to be a really gratifying feeling to have that. And I, you talked about this a bit in your first answer about the anniversary and how you got into that. But I'm just wondering. Um, sort of if you could expand upon how that worked how did you uh, show them your portfolio to be able to book that first gig with Disney and then you actually have mentioned this on I went back and listened to some uh, podcast interviews you did several years ago and one of the things you said that caught my interest was you said you know I've had to go through five or six different buyers at this point and it's always a little nerve-wracking to go through a new buyer so what's that process like I mean are you kind of repitching yourself to uh, the person that comes next uh, that's kind of what, what I always feel like. Um, yeah, because, you know, I mean, I, it could totally come down to somebody's taste where they could literally say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not really a fan of this and I don't really see a place for it. So fortunately, that's never happened. <laughs> that's always kind of the concern, you know, and, and I'm kind of a different animal in that yeah. there's not a there's not there's about a dozen sort of consignment artists like me that sort of come in with like a trunk show and do our show and leave most of the artists you know they turn their art over to disney and then disney produces it and sells it and they just kind of get a a piece of that um so i'm kind of a different animal i have custom things which are you know not problematic but they're they're harder to handle because you know i sell it and then they have to handle the purchase order you know so you know i think there's I'm always worried that somebody's just going to go, yeah, that's, you know, 
we've done that long enough. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see a need for that anymore, which, you know, hopefully is not going to happen, but you know, <laughs> always in the back of your head, you're like, you know, that's why it's always a little nerve wracking when somebody new comes in, but I mean, but most of the time people are, you know, what my, my last buyer, you know, one of the things he said, I was, was, a, I always went back to this as a comfort was he says, you bring something different to the gallery you know, because of, I, I have a different medium and that's, it's a blessing and a curse because it's a blessing in that it's different. It's a curse in that it's much harder to do. You know, I, I, it's not like I just finished a painting and then hand it off and somebody else does all the other work. Mm -hmm. I'm still, you know, reproducing it and cutting them apart and assembling them. So it's, 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 I said, it's, I like the fact that I do something different. It, it's, works against me in some ways just because there's a limited amount of stuff I can do every year. Yeah, absolutely. Brett, you had our next question specifically about those shadow boxes. Well, it is. I mean, you know, I, I, I fell in love. Yes. I have yet to purchase it, you know, cause we've talked about that, but, but the Disneyland with the iconic, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, letters, I'm like, how did you, um, how did you decide what icons to choose and, and all of that process. And did you just, how did that come? How did that idea come to you? Were you walking around the park and going, there's a D, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, like, you know, how did that, well, turned into how that. was that inspiration? Well, is it back to that? It was at, I think 2000, 2001 Disneyana convention. And they mm -hmm. had asked me, cause back then there was like five people like me, you know, that did art for these special events. I mean, there was not a lot, there was not a big group of people that they went to. It was literally five or six of us. And so they came to me and they said, you know, come up with something, you know, for this Disneyana convention. So, and it was kind of based around Disneyland. So I went to the park one day and was literally just walking around <laughs> going, what am I going to do? It's like, no pressure. Just come up with something great. And I, I, I said, my only memory, I don't know for sure, but my, I have a vague memory of kind of looking at the Matterhorn and going, that kind of looks like an A. And I, and then that was just like the light bulb that went, what if I spelled Disneyland out of things? And so then the priority with the, like the Disneyland one, the priority became, I got to get every land in here, or at least the, I think I got the original five lands in there. I think I didn't, I have one right here. I'm looking, no, I got everything in there. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's Fantasyland, Main Street. Adventureland, Frontierland, New Orleans Square, another Fantasyland, Toontown, and Tomorrowland. So, you know, that then that then the search changes because it's not just what letters can I find. It becomes how do I get a letter from every land, you know, because you don't want like it's easy to do Fantasyland, but you can't have everything be Fantasyland. So and then once then once I like if I'm just doing Adventureland, that becomes a little easier because you're just mm -hmm. in there you know, mm -hmm. looking at everything in that one land and everything's fair game. So, wow. yeah. So that was, I mean, I, I said, I, I don't, I don't remember exactly. I have, I do have a, a faint memory of kind of thinking, oh, the Matterhorn kind of looks like an A. Now I, wow. I kind of, you know, cheated and put a hole in it kind of like it was, you know, back when it was the, right. the Skyway. Sure. Going you know, through, when so. the Skyway went through. Well, yeah. see, then you get the nostalgia factor and everyone loves it again. And, and yeah, so. every one of the, every one of the land pieces always had a retired attraction in it too. So oh, I always wow. put, oh, put something the details, in there that was the not layers, there. The layers, the oh, layers. Yeah. yeah. So, because I know, I, I just, I know the Disneyland fans and they're just fans of the whole park and the history and everything. So I always like to include 
you know, things that are gone because I know mm-hmm. there's still a, there's still a passion for them, whether they're there mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. So that was, Absolutely. that was, I said, that that's my best recollection of it. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Vanessa, you had our next question. Yes. Well, we're uh, just stepping away for Disney um, for just a moment. Um, some mm-hmm. of your art is inspired by tiki culture. And, and by the way, I found the video where you teach us how to make uh, a tiki guy and you showed at the beginning of the video. I was like, I'll never be able to replicate that. But then you did it. And I was like, Oh, well maybe I could, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to it? ask you, I, I didn't do it yet, but I, I watched it. Cause I'm like, how's he going to replicate? This looks like factory made. And then I, you know, did the lines and the shady. Yeah. And then you got me with the highlight. You're like, the light would hit the teeth here. And I was like, Oh man, he's good. Like I couldn't even, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> But I hope to do it. Um, it looked really fun and really cool. Oh, good. Um, so I wanted to ask you, how does that inspire your work? Well, is that it was 2020 was a, you know, a challenging year for everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, my limitation with my Disney work is that I can't sell it directly to people. I have to be in the parks at one of my shows. So I did the 2019 Epcot Art Festival and not knowing, oh, that's going to be the last thing I do all year or for it for an entire year. So came home, was was working on my next event when everything kind of shut down. So a few years ago, I had started, you know, just that thing of like, I need to diversify a little. <laughs> I need <laughs> I need some other some other sources of income that aren't dependent on me being in the parks. And so I had always loved tiki stuff. I mean, those are some of the funnest pieces I get to work on for Disney. And I'd seen a lot of stuff out there. And I also knew there's a great community of people it's one of the few mediums that actually has a pretty good fan base and so um had had seen some of the shows that were going I knew some people that did some of the shows and so I just said I just committed and said I'm gonna do a show and it sort of forced me to come up with stuff and so fortunately I started that a couple years ago and so when everything with Disney shut down I was like okay well we are all tiki right now <laughs> like yeah, let's tiki 24 7 yeah yeah it was it was good in the sense that it kind of forced my hand and i didn't have a website prior to that because i just kind of used social media and it was like i need a website i need a website people can buy stuff from and so it really sort of forced me to kind of up my game in that and um and i was I, my analogies i said i was just throwing tiki spaghetti at the wall and like, <laughs> you like this, do you like this? Do you like this? You know, <laughs> I was like doing, you know, just anything I can think of. I, I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite ones were like kind of these Tiki robot mashups uh, called Tiki bots. And like, they didn't really hit, you know, like I sold a few, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the winner I, I was hoping it was. Um, but like I did these pirate maps, like custom pirate maps for people. That was huge. I've never even offered them a second time because I, it took me so long to get through all the orders I took. I was like, uh, one of these days I'll offer those again. Um, or I did like uh, jack-o'-lantern pineapples, you know, that were carved Ooh. with a light inside. Like those flew off the shelves. I did some Christmas ornaments that were really popular. So, you know, it, it, it just has been kind of a trial and error. Like, you know, I said, there were things I did that were huge, things that were like, I don't make any more of those. Just try to feel out that market a little. I mean, I wish I'd put more time into it prior to 2020 and had a little bit more of that info. But um, yeah, so it, it just, it, it was fun and I enjoyed doing the shows. I mean, I'm, I, I'm hoping those come back because I really, really liked going, going out and, you know, being, being not just selling stuff online. That, that's nice, but it's not, 
it's much better to kind of be in a crowd. So, but yeah, so then one of the things I did too was I thought oh, it'd be fun to do some workshops. So I, which, which I thought I'll do one of these a month. And then they're like, oh my gosh, these take so much prep. <laughs> it did it didn't last. So yeah, so I'd come up with something and then, you know, put the, put the templates or things on people could download from my Flickr page and then watch the video and do either do it with me or go back and watch it later, you know? And it was great. I mean, I love seeing people send me pictures because I didn't know, like, <laughs> could anybody do this? <laughs> like, how are these going to turn out? It's easy for me to do it, but people send me uh, pictures and they're like, oh, they look pretty good. So yeah, I did it. Cool. The last one I did, I did a Christmas ornament. Um, that was like one of the kind of the Mary Poppins penguins that was, you didn't have to paint it. It was just kind of cutting it out, gluing it together. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, so great. those are super fun. I mean, I said I'd, I'd do more. It's just now I'm now I'm busy again, so it's much harder to carve out that time. But yeah, give it a shot. Let me know. Let me know I, I might just be a casual watcher. It's it was very relaxing, like watching Bob Ross. Like yeah. uh, one of these days, I'll do that. But for now, yeah, I'm yeah, sit yeah. here and sip this and watch yeah. him do it really well. <laughs> like a painting party that you don't have to actually paint, right? <laughs> It's going to seem like you were in our kind of pre-interview meeting when we came up with all these questions, because I think you've led perfectly into Brett's next question. <laughs> well, you, as a Disney collector, um, a Disney art collector on a budget, um, and you have mentioned that you have different, um, you have your original work, which is mm-hmm. extremely detailed and gorgeous and, and very well worth the price point. I hope to make, um, it's the penguins that, you know. I have a relationship with penguins being a former Disney um, entertainment person, but that's, I can't really go into it anyway. Um, <laughs> oops. I already did. Sorry. Um, but, it, but you have your original art and then you have your limited edition wrapped canvases uh, and then textures, greeting cards, which are so cool. Oh, see that. And, then you, and then you have deluxe prints um, and then, and then you have um, art that's available through the Disney gallery. So, um, and it's available on your website, but I saw you at the Epcot uh, this past uh, mm-hmm. January in the Epcot Festival of the Arts. Um, what is that experience like? And you meeting so many Disney fans who love to collect your art and you get to experience, well, the festival. What is that like? Um, yeah, how is it like meeting, you know, the fans? Well, that's one of my favorite parts. I mean, you know, I think, <laughs> I think being somebody that used to be used to be on stage, you know, it's like, you, you know, you're not going to lie and say, oh, it's, you know, it's so hard to be around people. I would say it's, you know, there's worse things than standing around all day while people say nice things to you, you know, and take (laughs) your picture and ask for your autograph. It's, it's quite nice. I always say, I wish everybody had that, (laughs) had that opportunity. We're just a day where everybody came up and said nice things to them. So I didn't realize how much I missed it because it had been a full year. And I mean, it even like, I was getting choked up and I mean, people are coming and then, you know, people just, you know, like this lady bought one of my custom paper tickets, I think, you know, and just said, this is, this is the first time I've been in the park since my husband died. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting this ticket book. That's going to say 1979. Cause that's the year we met. And, you know, just like, mm-hmm. like, who am I that I get to make that piece for her, you know, or just, just people come up and just tell me stories about, something they own or something they, you know, somebody gave them. I mean, it just, I said it to say it's a blessing is just like a complete understatement. And I work like 10 hours a day. 
it you don't notice i mean it just i said there's there's worse days than, oh. than and people go well, like gosh i can't believe you have to stand here all day i'm like i'm good you know oh because i'm like wait that was a that was the longest time you'd been uh, the longest number of days or yeah, the I number did of seven days that you've done this year. last year i did 10 uh and then i'm i'm actually planning if it works out to do the entire thing next year because it was just wow. so successful oh, cool. Oh, good. I'm just like, I got to do whatever I got to do sure. to do yeah. this whole thing. Cause it, oh, wow. It was, it, I, I didn't know if people were going to come. I didn't know if people were going to spend money. You and had a great spot, too. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, I did better. I mean, compared to the previous year, it was a stronger year. So mm-hmm. now I had a really great location. Uh, I was inside. Being, just being inside made, just made it easier overall. Cause when I'm For outside, sure a lot more physical stuff where you're just literally opening your tent every day and closing it up at night and you know shoving stuff around if the weather's bad and you know just being inside and not having to touch anything all day oh yeah (laughs) i just was i was less tired even though i was there longer but Mm -hmm. it it was great it just there's just nothing like it and it's i think every artist there will tell you the same thing like it's just it's such a nice because the stuff we do like i work for myself i'm home alone you know it's like i'm just making stuff in my house you know so it is nice to share it and you know to have people to get that input to get that feedback and you know and so what's nice for me is because my stuff isn't carried in the parks people have mm-hmm. never seen it you know it's mm-hmm. like you get a lot of collectors there that like how like how i've never seen this you know and and so it's it's nice because then it's sort of like there's a there's an impetus to like well you better get it because it's going away right. yeah <laughs> but, but it's nice because i'm bringing something that this this passionate group of collectors a lot of them have never seen because even if they go to the festival every year they may not catch it the week that i'm there so you know, it, it's, like I said, it's, it's a great payoff for the, well, <laughs> for the amount of work that goes into it and stuff. But, That's you great. know, it, it is just, I said, I always enjoy meeting the fans and talking and, you know, it's, and not just about my art. I mean, it's like, we just, you know, we'll have a great conversation about the park or, you know, I have this stuff, a lot of the stuff using the old ticket books and that spurs a lot of conversations about that and mm-hmm. you know, just the park yeah. history and all stuff. So, That's or, you great. know, cause I'm from California, I always get in the, the discussions of what do you like better, you know, Disneyland or Disney world, but you know, so you have some, some spirited conversations around that, but yes, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) I I totally love it. I, I, I can't wait to get back. I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to be back, but I'm, I'm, you know, excited that at least, (laughs) at least something's opening up. Something's open. Yeah. Yeah. Not another year, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's interesting because seeing all the artists come down there, uh, we, I haven't had a chance to go to Festival of the Arts yet, although I think I would probably spend far too much money if I did go. Um, uh, but, you know, for me, it's the, <laughs> yeah. it's the logistics of it all. I, I think that's kind of interesting. And this is a little bit in the weeds. So you're, you know, whatever you can or can't discuss, I totally get. Mm-hmm. But so in that kind of a set, uh, setting, because this is a newer festival, does Disney... Um, kind of invite you in do they then uh help foot the bill for some of the housing or do you actually pay for a spot uh to uh, put your art in festival of the arts or kind of how does that logistic piece of it work no they're they're very gracious i mean they invite me i get myself there but then they kind of take care of everything else that's so, great I mean, good like, I'm not- do you have your own plan to take you around no i do know? not 
Oh, well, you must put that in your contract. The stipulation yeah. this year. No, no, no. Yeah. So no, I'm but just happy to be know, there. Like, yeah. But. I mean, some of the art is there, you know, like, so when they're setting up like a Wonderground booth or, you know, Disney, mm-hmm. you know, so, so for everybody else that they're inviting in, it's kind of the same gig. It's like, here's your space. You know, what do you need? What kind of racks do you need? You know, what kind of shelves do you need? And they provide it. And no, they're very, very gracious. So it's That's great. You know, it's, it, it's easy to do. It's, it's as easy to do as it could be. So, and then, you know, my, um, like a, any, anything I have that's, that's made for me, like canvases and stuff, that's a, that's a fairly local distributor there. So I'm able, I am able to reorder things as other than my handmade stuff that, which will eventually be gone. A lot of the product I'm able to reorder and get within, you know, any number of days, depending on how busy they are. So that, that makes it kind of nice too, because I sold out of some things like immediately. And then it was nice to be able to say, oh, well, I'm going to have these back in four days or something. So, you know, it, cool. I'm actually able to restock over That's the course great. of the event, which is nice. But no, it's, 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 it's a great event. And they, they treat us all so well that it just makes you want to come back. That's really good to know and really good to hear. Um, Vanessa, you have our next question. Yeah, well, we were wondering, um, how do you draw inspiration for your art? Is it is it about trying to find the um, characters or, or make create pieces that people will like, or do you have other inspiration, or or do you even find inspiration from other artists? Well, I'd say it's probably a little a little of all of those. I mean, being a being a consignment artist, I tend to make things that I think the greatest number of people will like and purchase. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't tend to go for the more obscure or smaller films. I get a lot of requests for, you know, say like Fox and the Hound and, you know, Robin Hood, which are great films, but I don't feel like they have the fan base of a Maleficent. So, you know, I, sometimes I make things I like, you know, and in the hopes that other people will like it. I would say Up was like that. Like I thought I'm going to, you know, I had the chance to make an Up piece and because I love Up, well, I totally underestimated like everybody loves Up, you know, and it's been one of my (laughs) best selling pieces. But most of the time I'm, you know, I, at this point in my career, if I'm making a new piece, my major thought is, you know, what's, what's a creative way, you know, for it to, to work with my medium. It has to be interesting, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, what, what do I think is, is going to have a broad appeal is probably a good way to do it. You know, like, so some of the ones, you know, I have in my head to do is like, I've always wanted to do like a Mr. Toad's wild ride. I think that would be a huge piece or I have an Alice in Wonderland one, you know, that's we're all mad here, you know, something like that. So there's things like, (laughs) I know they don't appeal to everybody, but I tend, I do tend to focus on things. You know, I always say sleeping sleeping beauty is a great example there was, I did over the years, there's, you know, anniversaries of Sleeping Beauty. For two of them, I did Maleficent pieces that were just, you know, flew off the shelves. The last Sleeping Beauty piece I did for D23 Expo was the only one I actually ever did Sleeping Beauty. I'm still trying to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> She's still sleeping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a little sleepy piece. Um, no, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's a it's a piece actually designed for the Fantasyland suite at the Disneyland Hotel. Like it was a concept oh, I wow. that they never mm-hmm. picked and I loved mm-hmm. it. So I just kept it. And 
but so but it was like an example of go go with what you know which is do another maleficent you know because <laughs> i know she will always sell you know the villains will sell it's so so there is a bit of that involved it might seem it might seem a little cynical but um but i mean i want i want stuff to move like i don't want to mm-hmm. i don't want to make something that <laughs> that i'm i'm just going to haul around back and forth for 10 years trying to mm-hmm. trying to move through the edition i want the additions to sell through and because mm-hmm. i only get to sell them at various times a year you know they need to be things that I don't have to take home with me at the end <laughs> at the end of the event. Sure. So. sure. So, classic characters, classic films. I think Up's probably the most current film I've ever done. You know that that is a contemporary film. Like I have a, I have a neat one I've thought of for Rapunzel that I would love to do because I love that movie. And you know I might we'll see. I did a Frozen one that did well like right when it came out and then just nothing. I don't, I don't even, I don't bring it with me anymore (laughs) because it's like, mm, I kind of was in the, in came out right on the tail end of the, the frenzy of the first movie. Hmm. I mean, I love the piece, but I just, it, it, it seemed like it is, it's past its expiration date. So Hmm. (laughs) So, you had our next question. Well, I, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about Disney fan culture, what do you think it is? about Disney that creates such a huge fan culture. It is interesting. And I've talked about this with, you know, my admiration for Walt Disney. Cause I said like, who else, who else in the 20th century left that kind of legacy? Nobody. I mean, he was a businessman. It was a company, but so was Ford. And so was Coke, you know, who have fan bases, but not like this. I mean, not, not that, not that get down to the social level you know i was remember being at d23 years ago and a a elderly lady was talking to me and i somehow it came up like well who are you here with and she's like oh i'm here with a group of like a dozen people or something that i met on a cruise and you know now we're just all great friends and i've been to their kids weddings and and i'm like what what company like ever generated that level of social interaction (laughs) among (laughs) human beings, you know? So I don't know, but I said, I think it's a combination of a a lot of it. It's, it's everybody's childhood, you know, and whatever era you were a child in, you know, you gravitate to that and there's a fan base for that. And, and just the commonality, you know, I, I was saying, you know, even, even in this time where there's a lot of, um, conflict in the country i always say one of the things i love about being in the parks is you don't see it you know like you see everybody of every stripe and color talking to each other in line like complete strangers it'll be like oh my gosh have you seen this you know that it's i said it's it's a little simplistic but i said it 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 gives me hope because i think that's how we are you know that's i love seeing that now there is a commonality there with disney that I think gives people that, that freedom. And, but I still think it's great. You know, like I don't, I, I see everybody really just kind of coming together over that stuff, but I think it is a unique thing. I said, I don't, I don't really think there is anything else that gives people that, that shared, you know, commonality coming out of a company, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they really kind of came out of a, somebody's business plan, mm-hmm. you know, that just has, has gotten to the point where there's social networks 
you know, and friendships and marriages and kids that have resulted because, you know, Walt Disney made animated movies. <laughs> well, and even uh, content that we do, you know, we've had yeah. so many other podcasters on that spend hours of their life and us included talking about our love for this company. It's so, it's so incredible. Oh, yeah. The amount well, and, of- and the, the income people make who aren't part of the company. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I said like, and I'm one of those, like I've never been an employee of the company. And yet my, most of my income comes as a result of it existing. And there are, there's travel agencies and hotels and podcasters and YouTube channels and all this stuff that, I mean, it's just such a, I mean, it'd be interesting if anybody could ever somehow total that up. I mean, just the amount of the economic impact of that. Yeah, exactly. That exists because Walt Disney made animated cartoons, you know, Mm -hmm. it is, it's pretty staggering. I mean, I said, I wonder if anybody's done like a research paper (laughs) or something just on like the impact (laughs) on the U S and world economy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I said, I, I, that's the part of it that I love. It's just that there is, there's such a diverse group of fans. And yet it's fun to watch them all just like love it at the same time in their own way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Vanessa, you have a question. Well, uh, you mentioned on your Facebook page recently an exhibit you were involved in in 2014, I think, called the Mechanical Kingdoms, where mm-hmm. you uh, presented a steampunk Willie, yes. uh, which we love. Uh, do you have a favorite or maybe multiple favorite exhibits you've been asked to be a part of? Um, I think that one was, that was pretty cool. Um, well, some of the ones, like, like some of these ones that used to do in the parks were pretty over the top. You know, I said like the first, the, the Mr. Toad one I went on, I said like, this was all new to me. And here I am, I'm in fantasy land with a glass of wine <laughs> and you could ride like Peter Pan, you know, <laughs> with a glass of wine. I'm like, okay, this is kind of surreal. Like, I don't <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Or, you know, that there were like cheese plates in the queue for Snow White. Oh, wow. So just kind of those sort of over-the-top experiences have been, you know, or they they did a, there was one called the Disney Divas, and it was Maleficent, Evil Queen, Ursula, Cruella, and the Queen of Hearts. So I did, I did, some of my favorite pieces were the pieces from that. But they did a show that night. I think you can find it online. It was like one of the best live shows I've ever seen in a Disney park and they did it for one night and it was all those characters singing like Cruella comes out you know singing how much is that doggy in the window and you know (laughs) but I mean it was and then it was hosted the best part was it was hosted by Ursula's unauthorized sister who who was pretty pretty off the rails I mean uh, to the point they had complaints you know (laughs) Oh well, oops, <laughs> a little, oops. a little too body, but you know. But I mean, <laughs> some of those things that I got to attend, you know, for free, uh, were, I said, just just so amazing and uh, to be a part of, you know. And again, kind of get to be there as sort of a get as somebody that was, you know, part of the team. Apparently, yeah, uh, was really really nice. But I mean, they're just, they're. I, it's, it's hard to say. There's been there's been so many, but but it's just an honor. To, I mean, like I think to be at Disneyland's fiftieth. You know, like to be an artist that got to do something for Disneyland's 50th anniversary was pretty humbling. You know, that that I'm somebody they picked for that, I think was, again, nothing nothing in my wildest dreams as a child yeah. that I have ever thought, oh, I bet someday I'm going to be doing not just art for Disney, but I'm going to be part of their 50th anniversary. 
So and, I, I think that one probably stands out as, as something I, I remember being just pretty honored and pretty humbled by. Um, you know, I, I, absolutely. It's just so great to, to hear all these experiences. And this is my last um, uh, non-rapid fire question that we have <laughs> for you. Uh, but, and you've kind of talked about this a little bit that you haven't dove into these yet, but I think uh, that there's some potential here. So as a Disney fine artist, you're able to create with all these characters and mm-hmm. Bob Iger, his big thing with the company was uh, acquisitions and expanding. So he made a lot of acquisitions during his time of those uh, between Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel. Is there anything that excites you in there as an artist for maybe potential for making that uh, the art with those characters? Uh, yes and no. Now there's some, there's a lot of limitations on those properties. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'm a parks artist, um, I don't have access to Star Wars, okay. or I don't believe Marvel. Um, so because I've asked. <laughs> so <laughs> there are because there's a lot of licenses involved in those properties that pre exists their purchase. And so um, now I'd say like, you know, again, the, the one for Pixar, that was the best for me was Up, just because I love that movie. Um, but I said, I would love to do Star Wars stuff. I mean, I, I would love to do, you know, probably not the characters, but I mean, even a Galaxy's Edge piece that was really right. layered, like you're looking through the arch and you kind of see, you know, these layers go back. I mean, I, I would love to do that. So, and that maybe because it's in the park may, may be a possibility. I think with Marvel, I would love to do things that look like, I mean, they could, they could literally give me um, comic book covers, you know, that I could then oh, wow. take my artwork and just totally create really cool 3D. Things. I mean, I think the superheroes really lend themselves well to kind of the mixed media paper sculpture thing. So I would love to work with those. <laughs> it's just kind of the, there, there, there's more limitations on it than I knew going in. Like, I just think, oh, well, like, like I do, I do think I can do Muppets and I really, really want to do a Muppet piece. So that would be great. Especially now. I mean, Muppets are having such a resurgence on Disney plus. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working my way through. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the Avengers campus is your way to get, you know, possibly. Well, and we'll put it out there. Well, I pitched just an idea for uh, Avatar, or for Pandora. I pitched an idea that oh, uh-huh. going because again, that one to me was a great. Just the view of that land would have been a yeah. great three D piece. Absolutely, oh. I was just envisioning that um, you could do a shadow box uh, and maybe specialize it for my son. I would say my son, but then his name would be Craig. So we, uh, you know, <laughs> I could say it for my son, but with uh, Captain America and all of that too. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But no, um, <laughs> Oh, but no, this has just just been wonderful to to get oh, to talk hi. to you about a lot of these different exhibits and everything else. Now we have we do some fun things at the end of an interview. We do some rapid fire questions, and actually, our conversation. I added one rapid fire question to the list uh, from okay. our conversation, and so what this is is just as quickly as you can, whatever you'd like to say uh, in response to these questions. So I'll start us off with the one I added, which is, "What's your favorite Broadway musical?" Oh, the Wiz. I oh, saw this kid that blew me away, which, and it's very different from the movie. I didn't like the movie. 
because <laughs> I was one of the only people that saw the stage show. But <laughs> I, I say that left an impact on me like no other show. That's awesome. How about your favorite Disney animated film? And this could be either classic or Disney Renaissance and later, or you can answer both. But favorite Disney animated film? Up, up. Okay. As far as a, I mean, as as far as like the classic films, I'm like looking at my office. Um, (laughs) See, well, and Mary Mary Poppins probably is up there, even though it's not technically animated film, but yeah, I think that one. Animated penguins. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What about your favorite attraction at the parks? Tower of Terror. Oh, you you just you just gave uh, Vanessa just some go. trauma here. <laughs> you don't like that There's one. There's a little motion sickness Ooh, issue and a little. Uh, let me let me Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, the Magic Kingdom don't. Tower of Terror is just to me just hands down one of the crowning of achievements. Now I did just get to ride. I, I think Avatar I love, and I just rode Rise of the Resistance for the first time, and that's pretty mind blowing. Yeah. But I think I love the era of Tower of Terror and I love the Twilight Zone. And it's like that that one at Magic Kingdom, it's placement at the end of a street and up a hill and you walk through these dead gardens with tinny music playing. I mean, that whole package is just to me one of the best ever. You know, if it ever makes its way to Disney Plus, there is an amazing, wonderful world of Disney movie on the Tower of Terror. I think you would really love it. Oh, cool. uh, it's very, very cool. It's just called Tower of Terror. It is available. You can find it, but it'd be much easier if they put it on Disney Plus. Is that Plus the one first, with so. Steve Wittenberg? Yes, yes, okay. it is. I've I've seen of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's well worth the watch. Definitely oh, cool. check it out for sure. Um, what about your favorite Disney snack? Uh, my this favorite is a tough thing one, right? Recently, is it's actually in um, Pandora. It's and they have it at Disneyland now. It's the pineapple lumpia. Ooh! It's like a pineapple and cream cheese spring roll. Ooh, that does Ooh. sound good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'll have to check that out next time yeah. I'm there. How about uh, now? We're now we're eating more. What yeah. about your favorite restaurant, whether that be in the resort or in the parks? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, I will say, no, actually it's not, but sadly it closed. I was the, I loved uh, the Tangerine Grill at Epcot. I would eat there, if I, you know, again, when I'm there for like time and time, you know, for days and days, I sometimes eat there three times in a week. I loved their food. Uh, so I was sad to see them close. I'm hoping maybe they reopen. Um, thematically, I, I, always always loved the primetime cafe i actually wrote i actually wrote and have published i have three four dinner theater shows that are published and three of them are called uncle phil's diner and it's a whole interactive dinner theater and that was one of the main inspirations was that you know you know your waiter your waiter knows you so that is so great. You know, we have a Vanessa who works for a local theater here and we all love to perform. So we might have to check in to oh, how we get our up. hands I said on it's, those. I mean, it's, I mean, they were, it was, it was just kind of that, if you ever went, if you ever heard of Ed Bevix in LA, it was kind of uh-huh. like, yeah, jumped on the table, but it was like a, fifties uh, diner and all the wait staff were like the high school kids that knew you. And there's just a funny plot line stuff where they just drag people up from the audience and play stupid games. And that's awesome. It was, they're that's super cool. fun. <laughs> that is great. 
That is great. Do you have a favorite land at the various Disney parks? Good question. Um, I'm talking Disneyland. I'd say probably Adventureland is my favorite at Disneyland. Um, and I, I said, I think Pandora to me is just like one of the most beautiful things they've ever built. Yeah. But I'm also I'm also really blown away with Galaxy's Edge. I hadn't been in it in a year. And when I went back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I forgot <laughs> like how over the top the detail is on this. So, That's but as far as like, I think Adventureland just to me, just sell the one at Disneyland just sells it, you know, like it, you just feel like you just walked into another world. You definitely won Vanessa back over with your answer <laughs> there. <laughs> That's that's all fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she could just ride the jungle cruise all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have, uh, have you or do you want to travel to any of the international parks? And if so, which one? Um, I've been to Paris, um, and that one was just stunning. I mean, the the castle park. I, I the the Hollywood Studios needs a California Adventure overhaul. Um, there was neat stuff in it, but I wasn't, it, I was there for like a couple hours. I went back to the other park. Like the magic kingdom there is just stunning. It's so over the top. I loved it, I, but I'm dying to go to all the Asia parks <laughs> for various reasons for each one, you know, but I would, I would go to every one of those. Most, mostly like Disney sea that just looks amazing. Oh, it does. I'd go to Hong Kong just to ride mystic manor, you know, and then Shanghai just to ride pirates and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to pass it over to Brett. He's got our last question. All right. Well, we, we have one more question, Dave. How do you describe Disney magic? That's a good one. Um, I'd say it's something you don't get anywhere else. Um. <laughs> You know, as a, as a, when I, as a parent, like I had a, a daughter and we went to Disneyland a lot and, you know, I'm a local, I'm somebody that kind of works for the company, but nobody there knows it. <laughs> so I got the same magic everybody else got. And I just have some of the best memories of stuff happening there with characters coming up just out of the blue to my daughter and doing stuff. And, you know, I said like, you don't get that anywhere else. And, you know, just, just being able to go just the whole experience, like being somewhere where life kind of suspends for a period of time and you're, you, you are able to play, you know, and I mean, you can, you don't have to, you can fight it and you can be miserable there. I've seen that. (laughs) I've been that. Let's let's be honest. I've been that. Uh, But that like you, you can enjoy these, bizarro things that just like wouldn't happen anywhere else my one of my best memories was uh christmas one year we went to disneyland and we if they used to have santa out in this cabin in um the, kind of where the old barbecue was before they tore it down and we'd never been to that santa so we said, let's go see that so we waited in line and we get up there and my daughter goes up she's like seven or eight and has her time with santa and then my wife and i go over to take a picture together and santa looks at me and says I love your new train artwork in the gallery. <laughs> oh, wow. It was like, I just burst out laughing. I was like, that was the best Christmas ever. You know, I mean, just what a bizarro, unexpected thing 
that again just made my Christmas you know now years later I kind of you know I knew who the guy was and everything but it just like that caught me so off guard that I was like Santa knows my work you know <laughs> well and He's if anybody's fan. gonna know if anybody's gonna know trains um it's gonna be <laughs> exactly. Santa I mean come on that is high <laughs> praise yeah so <laughs> But I said, just that, just that. And again, not even, but I mean, that just other moments I had just with my daughter were just, just the cast members going out of their way to do something for her. Mary Poppins skipping by and just grabbing her hand. And, you know, I think, wh- where does that happen? <laughs> where else do you yeah. go in this world where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have that kind of experience or, or just, just the time you get with your family doing something in a place like that, you know, where you're all kind of together and sharing that, sharing that experience, which is kind of what Walt wanted somewhere where, you know, grandma and the kid could go on the same attraction and experience it and enjoy it and stuff. So I think that's what it is. It's just <sighs> such a unique place and it doesn't matter which park you go to or in which country mm-hmm. it's like, it's, you get it everywhere. And I, I credit them with, <laughs> with being able to maintain that because it's tough. I, I have uh, such a horrible memory, but I remember almost every second of every Disney vacation, right? And so oh, that's, that's, that's what you're, you know, you're, it's because you're building those memories as you go. So I, we just want to say thank you so much, Dave, for joining oh, us. Pleasure. And we want to definitely uh, draw people to where they can follow you and where they can find your artwork. I know that most of it uh, or, or much of it is available uh, in the parks exclusively, but also you do still have your other artwork that you do sell on your website as well. Can you... Yes. Uh, Point people where to follow you. Uh, my website is just kind of my name. It's just Dave Avanzino and then the word designs.com. Um, and then just on Instagram, I'm just at Dave Avanzino. And on Facebook, it's the Dave Avanzino Designs. Great. That's so wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank oh, you pleasure. so much for your beautiful art. <laughs> well, I said it's... Uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. So, I mean, I, I'm, I feel very lucky and blessed that I get to not just do something I like, but something that I really like and love and enjoy doing and enjoy sharing. So it's, I always, I always joke. And I say, you know, sometimes it becomes a job like anything else and you get tired and you get cranky and complaining about it. And then I slap myself and say, <laughs> shut up and do your fun job. Like nobody cares. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. That was a fascinating interview. Just really enjoyed uh, our time with Dave. What I loved about it was that uh, he was willing to tell us so many stories and so many uh, things about himself personally as well. I loved talking uh, theater with him and the set design with him. It's just a really fun. Like you can you can tell when someone is just a, a true fan and just really enjoying their work as well. And uh, certainly it comes through in that interview and in our discussion with Dave. I can't wait to check out his pieces more. Um, but Brett, thank you again for making this contact for us and for going to Festival of the Arts. I know that you uh, it was a labor uh, having to go down to Disney World to meet all these cool artists, right? That was such a hard work for the podcast. Thank well, you. Well, you know, I... I do what I can. And this time around, um, Epcot Festival of the Arts and um, had some challenges um, as far as um, lots of people during a pandemic. <laughs> but for the podcast, are you kidding me? For the podcast, I did that. So yeah, I was happy to. And um, the thing is, I mean, I, I, I've talked about his you know, iconic shadow box that has Disneyland. And I'm like going, I've talked to him twice about it now. And I did not purchase that because it was not available there, but oh yes, it will be mine. 
Well, you know, uh, Brett, I also want to know what your feelings are for the interview, because you have followed this man's career for over a decade, right? I mean, you've really enjoyed I his think so. work. Well, as long as, yeah, it has. Been. Oh, my gosh, because we're there with Facebook. I joined a little late. And uh, yeah, so um, I, <laughs> I try not to be the first person to like, because I think that's, you know, like going. That's I want to be the first Brett, person who likes all of this stuff. You know? someone else to like. I know, I'm like going. <laughs> I'm like going, but it's just, it, it's so nice to talk to him at length this time around and to learn so much more about his work and his art and, and all of his interests. I mean, they're very similar to ours, Disney theater. Who are we kidding? You know, I mean, I think we have a new friend. Absolutely. Vanessa, your thoughts on the interview. Now uh, you, you have a story to go along with your art. I know it feels like we have a new pal and <laughs> you know, we've, we've got a friend and it, it, it's cool. I mean, he, he was so enthusiastic when he was telling his stories and talking about art and I really enjoyed listening to him. And he, I think he has the best laugh of anyone we've had on the podcast. I told him that after the, after we were done recording and I think he was surprised and maybe scared, but um, you know, I just think if you notice something about someone, you should point it out and hope for the best. Uh, maybe not the best practice of mine but anyway um he was delightful I enjoyed all of his stories and I kind of I'm glad I didn't do this now but I, I kind of wanted to ask him to like sing us a song or <laughs> or go see <laughs> more about theater like I was all about talking more about his theater experiences because well what a talented person he is I mean he can do art he can sing he can uh, do set design um he's just a fascinating person that I could spend another hour talking to him uh about all those wonderful things so I was I was really happy to to, well, to meet the man behind the art Brett is telling him he's not a stalker on Facebook which is sign number one that you are a stalker by the way yeah. and then, oh, uh, stop. And then Please no. Vanessa, Vanessa is saying that his laugh is great um and then I'm saying we're gonna go and produce his shows that he's written so uh yeah. so in case Dave Abenzino is completely terrified of the three of us uh and listening back to this I just want you to know Dave we just really enjoy your work uh and that's uh that comes through quite a bit so it was just such a great interview and um wonderful time to be able to talk to somebody creative and uh, just uh, amazing. The amount, the, the types of interviews we're able to get has just been incredible to be able to talk to those creative people inside the company. And like he said, outside the company, having never taken a paycheck from the company directly, but still inspiring that type of art that uh, fans love and the whole community loves. So if you want to hear more of those types of interviews, and then also just the three of us palling around and talking all things Disney, be sure to follow us on any podcast app of your choice. So especially if you're a fan of Dave's and listening to us for the first time, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on any platform that you like. You also can follow us on social media. Find us on Beyond the Mouse podcast on Facebook, also Beyond the Mouse pod on Instagram and Beyond Mouse on Twitter. So check us out there. We are part of NPR Illinois Community Voices. So you can find us on nprillinois.org. You also can find us as part of the Front Row Network. You can follow them on all their social media. Just search for the Front Row Network on any platform that you have. And also just uh, if you could, please consider leaving us a review uh, on iTunes or on uh, any other podcast platform that you're listening to, because those reviews really do uh, mean quite a bit to us. So we really appreciate those. And it's just great to be able to hear from you. And so message our Facebook account, uh, shoot us an email at beyondthemousepod at gmail.com, whatever way you want to get involved with the show, we would love to have you get involved with the show. Uh, any final thoughts, 
from you, Vanessa. Dave, we're from the Midwest, so we're harmless. We're just really nice. Oh, we won't we won't come stalk you or anything. Gosh, now he's really scared. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dave. That is the second time in two days uh, I've said "ope" on a podcast uh, because we mentioned that we're from the Midwest with a guest, so it's just great. (laughs) Brett, what are your final thoughts? I can't wait to go to Disneyland and make my Disneyland shadow box purchase at last because it's time. Yeah, absolutely. And he'll even be there and sign it. Yay. Yeah. To Brett for my good friend Dave. Now that sounds stalkerly. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. That's scary. How many times have you said stalkerly? We, we're not stalkerly. We, we better just get it out of this before, uh, before we get ourselves in trouble. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for Beyond I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we will see you real soon. But not too soon, Dave. We promise. In the front row. He's totally scared now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're not like that at all. It was just, it was just so much fun. Uh, Such a great guy.